Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk, a conversation with the chief, featuring Chief of Police Jim McDonald, Long Beach Police Department. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. <laughs> Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We're delighted to have as our guest for the entire show this evening, uh, the new Chief of Police of the City of Long Beach, Jim McDonald. Chief, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Art. Welcome to Long Beach. Thank and you. we all wish you well as you embark on your important responsibilities. Thank you very much. Uh, as many of our viewers may know, uh, Chief McDonald had been with the L.A. Police Department for 29 years, uh, served seven years under the former Chief uh, Bratton up there, and uh, is a resident of Long Beach for the last 14 years with uh, two daughters and your, and your wife. Yeah. So uh, you're part of this community, and uh, we're delighted that officially your responsibilities bring you to Long Beach yeah, now. Thank you. Uh, it's no secret that Long Beach is going through difficult budgetary times, and in this first segment, Chief, I'd like to discuss with you budget and staffing. Mm -hmm. And uh, just let me just start with this question, and forget about Long Beach, but would you accept as a general proposition that more police officers, more boots on the street generally mean greater safety for a city or a community? I think if they're uh, well-managed and well-led, then more, more police officers can get you a tremendous return on investment for the money that's spent. Um, in trying to nail down what's the proper number, I don't know that you could get agreement on that anywhere across the country. Uh, so that's something that we continue to explore. Now, I understand that L.A. Uh, staffing is about 2.5 per thousand. Right. And uh, uh, Long Beach is about 1.8, 1.9. So there is a differential there. Can you give us any sense of whether there are accepted uh, ratios uh, for best practices in police staffing? 
You know, that goes, uh, if you look at New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, they're at about 4.5 per thousand. Uh, the West Coast, Southern California in particular, police departments are much, much leaner. Uh, there's a different style of policing done on the West Coast, a much more uh, proactive, progressive, uh, assertive style of policing as a result of having fewer officers out there. Much more mobile. You see fewer footbeats uh, on the West Coast than you do on the East Coast. You have less officers, so you have to be uh, much more creative, I think, in how you deploy them and oftentimes to be able to get them quickly uh, across great distances. You mentioned L.A. L.A. is 467 square miles. So when you look at 2.5 officers per 1,000, you've got to take into account uh, the distances they have to go as well. You would think that with greater geographic distances like L.A. versus New York, there would be a higher ratio than New York rather than a lower. You would. You would. It's a different philosophy, though, for deployment. New York puts uh, officers out on the street, and you'll see four or five officers standing around on a corner in Times Square. Uh, you, won't, you will rarely see that out, uh, out west. And that the, uh, the idea being back there that four officers on a corner provides a deterrent effect, uh, we just don't have the luxury of being able to, to take that approach. So what we do is we try and police, uh, I think, more intelligently. We try and be much more strategic in our deployment of our officers. And we try and uh, study and uh, doing crime analysis, trying to figure out where the crimes are going to occur based on past data to be able to put people in the right spots on the right times of day and days of week. As you know, I grew up in New York, and I remember seeing, particularly when visiting dignitaries from foreign countries would come to the U.N., literally hundreds of yeah. police officers within a couple of blocks, and yeah. uh, there seemed to be almost an endless supply. Yeah. But uh, that's, is there some reason why funding is stronger back east other than tradition? Where do they get the money for all these police officers? Well, it's taxes. I mean, you look at uh, what services are provided in, in one city compared to another. I think if you look at Long Beach, there's been, for a long time, there's been an emphasis on public safety. That's the biggest part of the general fund budget. But you also want to balance that with the libraries, the park and recs and marines, a marine, and being able to provide people with uh, with recreation, with alternatives to, uh, to after-school hours, to hanging on the street. Uh, so I think from the, from the city perspective, you try first, uh, job one has to be public safety. But beyond that, you can't cut everything else out either. You have yes. to be able to provide a, kind of a well-balanced approach to, to providing what you need for the uh, community. And I know that technology uh, plays a role in effective policing, and, right. and you plan to, uh, to utilize the, the latest technology in your right. responsibilities. Yeah, I think much more so there's, there's, uh, than in the past, there's opportunities to be able to use technology that has gotten decreasingly uh, uh, costly, that we can use closed-circuit TV, we can use uh, automated license plate readers, we can use a lot of the technology that's come from the military to be able to uh, help do our job in a more efficient manner, to be a force multiplier for us. So uh, there's exciting times ahead, and I think in this city there's a willingness to explore what's out there to be able to deploy it here, to be able to get that much more bang for the buck. And, for example, cameras covering public spaces right. are, are constitutional and are, I think, a good deterrent. Absolutely. I think that you have no reasonable expectation of privacy in a public place, and I think that people knowing that uh, the cameras that are out there are out there for their safety, uh, most people don't have an issue with that. Uh, it's been tested across the country. Uh, London is probably the model within the world. Uh, within the United States, Chicago would probably be the model. 
uh, for the effective use of camera in the pub cameras in the public space areas to be able to to enhance public safety. And I know that you and you just stated that uh, it's not just a police department responsibility, but it's an entire community responsibility uh, to uh, to suppress crime. Right. And you look to partners uh, within the community and after school programs and other things to act as a deterrent. Uh, and, and a preventative mechanism. Yeah, you know, I, I think that when you look at the uh, challenges that kids growing up in any major urban environment face today, they get out, there's a lot of pressure on them, uh, and it's fed by the media what the expectations of kids are. Uh, and when you look at when a kid gets out of school at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they have, you know, several hours until 8 or 9 o'clock at night when they're going into the house. If we can provide an alternative to kids to just hanging on the street, being under the influence of the gangs that are in many of our neighborhoods, uh, I think that we, we shape the future of, of Long Beach, we shape the future of America uh, by working with the schools, working with the libraries, working with uh, Rec and Parks and Marine, and being able to give alternatives to kids in a safe environment so they have something productive to do in that period of time. Kids are looking for something that's entertaining, that's fun, uh, that's challenging. And if we don't give them that, they'll find something that to them is uh, entertaining or challenging. And that may not be where we want them to go. So to the degree that we can shape that, I think we have a duty to do that. And we'll be talking about that in the next segment, and specifically gangs, when we continue our conversation with the chief. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. In today's world, everything's connected. From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch, it makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks, for over 80 years, Community Hospital of Long Beach has served the greater Long Beach community by providing the best medical care possible with a focus on clinical excellence and a caring, compassionate, personalized approach for every patient. It is our goal to be the community's preferred health care provider, providing a 24-7 rapid response emergency department, a state-of-the-art cancer center, and a free wellness and diabetes program. We are proud to introduce CHLB's new bariatrics program featuring the safe and effective lap band system. Community Hospital of Long Beach. When you have a choice, choose the best. Get ahead of the summer at the beach. Cal State Long Beach is offering hundreds of courses in three convenient sessions. Accelerate progress toward graduation or update your professional skills. Anyone can attend summer sessions. You don't have to be a CSULB student. There are three summer sessions to choose from, two six-week sessions and one 12-week session. Registration begins March 22nd for CSULB students and April 5th for everybody else. For more information, call or visit our website. Go Beach! Continue our conversation with the new chief of police of Long Beach, Jim McDonald. Jim, let's talk about gangs. We've had a systemic gang problem in Long Beach, as many other cities do. L.A., certainly, you're familiar right. with it there. We have a population of about 500,000, and we have 5,000 gang members in town. And 
it's been that way for, for a long time, and uh, there are tragic shootings that uh, we, we all read about. And uh, what's your philosophy approaching the gang problem? Well, I think that we've tried in the past to look at law enforcement uh, and the enforcement posture as being the answer to gangs, and that's not and never will be the, the solution. I think we have to look at kids, and that's what most of our gang members are, and, and see where, did, where do we go off track as a society, and how do we allow kids to go down that path where they end up shooting themselves and shooting each other. I think that it goes back to having a more comprehensive approach to the way we look at the problem. It can't be just enforcement. It has to be education, prevention, intervention for those kids that are going down the wrong path. We need the enforcement piece, and that piece needs to be strong and sure. But then we also need on the back end the reintegration piece because the reality is when we put people in jail, they don't stay there forever. We need a, a strategy for when they come back to the neighborhood that they left, how they'll be more successful this time than they were that when they got put away before. And how do we do that? Because gangs obviously perform uh, a, a socially, uh, not in the sense of, of pro-social, but they provide, they fulfill a need for the gang member. It right. gives him right. or her prestige. a sense of belonging, prestige right. Right. that is absent outside of the gang. Right. How do we find, and a lot of them are from uh, broken homes or yeah, single absolutely. parent homes. Right. So how do we, and I, I agree with your philosophy entirely, but how do we find a substitute to, to, to fill that need without going to a gang, to a sense of belonging, a sense of uh, pride. Right. right. I think you're right on the money. I, I think that uh, that's where it's so critical that we put in place as a city uh, mechanisms to ensure that kids have other ways to be able to get prestige, to get recognition, to get attention that they crave. And I look at when you have a kid in the second or third grade and they start to fall behind in school, it's predictable what the outcome down the road is going to be. They're probably not going to catch up. They probably don't have a support mechanism at home to be able to help them be successful. They're kind of out there on their own, trying to do it on their own. If we can work with the schools, work with uh, Cal State Long Beach, Long Beach City College, to be able to give students credit for helping younger kids mentor them and with homework assistance to get them back on track and that hours between three and eight in a safe environment so that they then have um, alternatives they see school as a potential for success for them rather than being something that each day they fall further and further behind. I think if we can do those kind of things on the front end, and I think by working with the schools, we have the ability to get capable people teaching our kids the right way. I'm told by psychologists that it's very important, uh, particularly from a kid with a broken home that doesn't have the reinforcement of parents that some of us were blessed with right. having, that you still can, you can still make it work if you find one person, just one person, to really believe in that kid. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, it's the things that don't cost a dime that are sometimes the most valuable. And I often talk to police officers about the importance of them taking the time to stop and shake a kid's hand and say, how are you doing today? How's things going? Because that might be the only person that shakes that kid's hand in the month or yeah. in the six months or in a year. Yeah, yeah. And if more of us, I think, in society did that and took an interest in, in kids in the neighborhood and kids we come across... Uh, again, it's, it doesn't cost you a dime, just a couple of seconds of your time, but it may make all the difference in that kid's life. If we could find a way through the school system or through the universities or just through community groups to get volunteers to yeah. adopt, mentor on a one-on-one -on -one basis. It would make all the difference in the world. If you, know, you look at the programs like Big Sisters, Big Brothers, and those where uh, on occasion the person will meet up uh, with the young person and take them to a ball game or something, you know, those are things that are, I think, fulfilling to the person who's doing them, but for the kid, it's priceless. 
Uh, turning back to uh, suppression for a moment, mm -hmm. I understand that uh, the prosecutor's office has been quite aggressive with gang injunctions and uh, that the, this is a tool in the arsenal that really works. It's relatively new here in Long Beach, uh, but it's something that's been done in other parts. It was started in L.A. and it's been replicated around the country and, and in Canada. And I, I look at the results we've had in L.A. with the tremendous results to be able to try and, uh, and, and prevent and keep gang members from hanging out with each other. Uh, participating in activities is going to do nothing but get them in trouble. Um, it's a civil remedy, but it's one that has been successful for us, and we look to try and, uh, and uh, do as, as well as we can here in Long Beach using that tool. But it's been a real good one. And as I understand it, legally it gives a police officer the right to go over to a person who's been served with a gang injunction who he then sees loitering on the street and you don't need probable cause if, if you have been served with the injunction police officer can go over ask a few questions and then if they find a gun or drugs or something right. the arrest can be made without any problem of probable cause well you can actually make the arrest for violation of the court order if they're doing something that's precluded by the uh, the order they were served with so it may be hanging with other gang members. It may be hanging at a certain location. It may be participating in other kinds of activities. Uh, but it, it's a tool, and it's just one tool. It's not the, the last and final uh, the way to do business, but it's a, a tool among many that is, uh, has been effective elsewhere. Finally, is it true that gang members, after being served, uh, tend to move out of the community? We've seen that a lot, where they, if they don't move out of the community, they certainly don't spend their free time hanging around the community where they're going to be uh, receiving the attention of the police. They'll go somewhere else, and by doing that, you uh, displace the gang, uh, hopefully disperse it so they're not in a position to be able to do things together. And, and, and for the uh, people who are involved in the gang, it gives them an out not to have to hang in the neighborhood where they're going to get in trouble. So is this something that you would uh, pursue aggressively under your... It's a great Chiefdom. tool. It's a great tool, but as I said, it's, uh, it's one tool among many. I look at the education, prevention, and intervention as just as big a piece of that, but pr from a suppression standpoint, it's certainly uh, it's, it's something that's been successful in many, many other places. Okay, we'll be continuing our conversation with the Chief, but first, these messages stay with us. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing.
It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh, no! All right, you little trail sniffer. Been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, Dog. I'm totally naked right now. Chief, we were talking in the last segment about gangs and also uh, prevention and intervention earlier. And the PAL program is one that I have some familiarity with. Right. We did a bunch of fundraisers to raise money for PAL, but because of the budget cuts, cuts a couple of years ago, the PAL program was eliminated. Right. Right. That's something that, uh, you know, I don't know that the, the only place that PAL should be run out of would be a police department. It's the Police Activities League. But I think there's opportunities as we move forward. You know, the budget is what it is for the next couple of years. It's going to be very tight. I think we need to be able to put programs in place and maybe rec and parks. The libraries have a hand in it. But community-based organizations out there looking to help kids, I think, can play a bigger role than they have in the past. The money that, that we need to get PAL off the ground and, and running again, I think, or whatever, whatever PAL uh, becomes, uh, will have to come probably from private sector funds. So I look to working through the police foundation to be able to reach out to the community to to look at the the communities in our city that need help the most and to be able to help work with others who have a hand uh, the schools the uh, whether it's Long Beach Unified or the or the universities in town to be able to put together along with the city family uh, opportunities for kids to get in, involved in things other than uh, standing around with no opportunities available and I know the LA Police Foundation has a very robust series of activities, and yeah. I, I'm familiar with the Long Beach Police Foundation, but you see a growing role for the Police Foundation in, in linking the community with your department. Oh, absolutely. I look at, uh, at, you know, what's been done in L.A., New York, other places around the country, and it's that public-private partnership that is so critical to making things work and work as well as they possibly can. There's tremendous amounts of resources in the city. There's also tremendous amount of expertise outside of the city family with people who have a lot to offer. And something as simple as bringing kids into a, a place where they have the opportunity to talk to someone who is in the field and an expert in the field that they aspire to get into someday. Yeah, yeah. That, that short period of time, it doesn't, again, cost anything other than your time, but that may be the To make the, a difference to that kid. Absolutely. So it's like one at a time we have to rescue and save and turn around. One youngster at a time. One kid at a time, and in the time. city, one block at a time. And we one look block to, at a time. And we look to do that. And I know your predecessor said many times on this show and elsewhere, and I'm sure you believe that the police cannot do it alone. It really right. has to be a community-wide effort. Yeah, the police get paid full-time to do what's the responsibility of everybody in the community, to keep it safe, to keep it orderly, and to make it a place that other people from around the country would want to raise their kids and come here and yeah, bring yeah. their businesses here. Uh, and, and I think Long Beach, we have the advantage of there's a lot of Long Beach pride. There's a lot of stability uh, of, for generation after generation of people who see Long Beach as home. I think we capitalize on that and we move forward using that as a premise. So we need to think as a community of what each of us can do to help the police do their job and to collectively mm -hmm. make our community a safer place. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me spend a moment talking about you personally. You've been a police officer previously for 29 years with the L.A. Police Department. You've lived in Long Beach for 14 years. What, right. what got you involved in police work? 
I go back to uh, growing up in Boston in a uh, public housing development down the street from Fenway Park. And my parents came over to this country from Ireland a year before I was born. We didn't have much money. And kind of uh, the role models in, in the neighborhood I grew up in were uh, kind of few and far between. I always looked at policing as a, an honorable profession and one uh, where you could make a difference. And every day was different. You were meeting new people all the time and something that I saw as exciting. And, I, and I'd have to say that certainly Hollywood played a role in that, uh, you know, as growing up as kids, you know, what was romanticized uh, in, in my day was a lot of the police shows, much like today, every third show was a cop show on you become TV. a cop or a priest. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I chose the cop route and, uh, and moved forward and then went to, uh, went to high school and uh, was looking then at that point to become an architect. I was, remember taking a drafting class and and was looking out the, the window one day thinking about my future and could I become an architect and sit at a drawing table eight hours a day for the rest of my life. And from the perspective of a 17-year-old kid at that time, I couldn't. I wanted to be doing something where I was out moving around, meeting new people, new challenges all the time. And policing for me with my worldview at that time was the best job out there. And, and now 30 years later, looking back on it, uh, I'm, I'm very glad I took this route. And there's nothing I think, I think of that I would rather be doing and have done for for so long uh, other than policing. What a wonderful story. And also, uh, I was just thinking about America, that uh, your folks came over, as you mentioned, yeah. the year before you were born. And, right. and one generation later, their son is the chief of police of a major city. God yeah. bless America. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It, it is a unique country. Okay, we'll be back with the remaining portion of our show after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, and oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Renaissance Pleasure Fair, now in L.A. at Santa Fe Dam. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah. But if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. 
What a marvelous conversation with our chief. And uh, we really do owe a debt of gratitude to the men and women that are part of the Long Beach Police Department and, of course, Long Beach firefighters as well. Uh, they are men and women who every day risk their lives for total strangers. And that's why we begin our show with a tribute to police fire in the military every single week. And, uh, Chief, we wish you every success. Uh, it's enormous responsibility. Uh, uh, but uh, as I see it, and I've spoken to so many others who, who just feel you are the best, and we're so delighted to have you well, here Thank in you Long very Beach. much, Art. No, it's a great opportunity, and I look very forward to working with everybody in Long Beach to help make this city the safest big city in America. God bless for that. So let's give the chief a hand, as we discussed earlier, in helping him achieve that goal, which is also our goal. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.